The Question, a podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia. We sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are. From Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University, Dr. Melinda Lewis here. I'm your host. This is the thing. Superheroes are everywhere. This is something that makes me very nervous as a consumer because I don't quite get it. I wish I did. I am confident in my ability to not care whether or not I'm involved, but I'm here with somebody who is involved. Yes, I am. And an expert in the area. Yep. Uh, Nope. Nope. I've said it, so it's true. Ann Alexander, financial director, superwoman of finances. Yeah, I like that. Ann Alexander for Pannoni Honors College. I want that on my business card. Hi, Ann. Hi, Melinda. (laughs) Do you remember your first superhero? As a kid, I read like Superman, Spider-Man and stuff like that, but I wasn't, it was like no big deal. But I fell in love with Tony Stark. When the movie was about to come out and they announced that it was Robert Downey Jr. was going (laughs) to play Tony Stark, I was like, that is perfect. Take that off. What are you? Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. That's really when my love for superhero movies and comic books was renewed. Because as a kid, everybody reads Superman and Batman and Spider-Man. Or Archie and Betty and Veronica and Jughead. I had a short love affair with Archie, but that was it. So when did you begin to notice that universes might become a thing? After the first Iron Man, all the publicity started about how there was going to be a Captain America, and then there was going to be other movies, the, the Avengers, and how they were going to merge the Hulk into it. Because as the studio started creating these universes, they had to figure out, well, how do we actually connect these individual characters? And I think it's because everybody saw through Iron Man that it could be done. Hmm. And it could be done right. The audiences were not just comic book heads. That the audience were kids and parents and curious folks who were like, that's kind of cool. And they were willing to pay the money, not just once, but over again, in order to be entertained by it. So, I think for me, realizing that the universe was inescapable, as somebody who is not a comic book fan, it was surrounding me at any time and place. But that also when I would say... I'm not going to go see Avengers. The eyes would light up in, well, how can you not? Mm -hmm. You're living it. (laughs) Right. Like, how dare you not want to go and participate in this, the cult of the superhero movie? How do you live? How do you live if you don't go to? Yeah. How do you make reference? Right. What's wrong with you? But the thing is, I think the universes are so universal that I can carry on a conversation. Like they are now. Like, I know who Hawkman is. Hawkeye. It's Hawkeye. Hawk, <laughs> Hawk dude. It's Hawkeye. Black Widow. Yeah. I can engage in some sort of conversation without having to participate. Don't have to be a comic book head to get into it, right? Mm-hmm. You can be general public who might like it. You might see a movie here or there. You don't have to understand every single plot line and every single character's background. Comic book heads, they know all that stuff. Yeah, I think the, the first thing folks had to learn was loyalties. People have their loyalties in the comic book universe. You know, there is the DC group versus the Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. All through the Marvel movies, there is comedy. DC, on the other hand, was like, you know what? We're not exactly funny. We're kind of dark. And we kind of like it. 
You know what I mean? They were okay with the Dark Knight. They didn't try to make Bruce Wayne funny, you know? And yeah. Christian Bale was awesome. Yeah. But you know what? Christian Bale had a brooding quality. Yes. That was very much He's a pained presence. He is. Like, you understand why he's the Dark Knight. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed. But as a symbol, as a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. And then DC was also cool with getting a very hot, yet kind of sad and brooding Superman and Henry Cavill, right? Mm-hmm. DC is okay with a little bit of, like, a brooding quality about their characters, a little bit of, you know, a troubled background. So, But even the commercials for Justice League look more terrifying than the Avengers do. Like, the Avengers yeah. is like a ragtag of misfits who were like, I don't understand how things work, or <laughs> my powers are all goofy, I don't know, I'm just a god. Like, for even Aquaman... Coming, emerging out of the scene, yeah. somehow doesn't look as absurd as Aquaman should be. I think the Flash is supposed to be the comedic element in Justice League. Yeah, that that's yeah. the equivalent to uh, Spider-Man for Marvel. Like, they have the young, impressionable kid mm-hmm. who knows that he's in the company of, like, legends. And so his youth will give him kind of the comic relief that'll probably be necessary in dc or else people will just think it's dark let's put a smile on that face can we just add this is a side note sure ben affleck has played batman yes daredevil yes and then was also in hollywood land yes where he played the actor playing superman yes how many of these roles is he gonna steal from no, 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 else. it's not stealing. Actors will play a superhero until they play the superhero that works. So you got Chris Evans, who was the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four oh, gosh. version. I don't remember which one, right? Yeah. That didn't exactly work. Mm. And they were like, here, try this suit on. And it was the Captain America one. And it was like, hey, there you go. You got Ryan Reynolds, who was the Green Lantern. Oh my gosh, Now, that's right. people will go back and forth. I don't think it had anything to do with the movie. I had, I think it had everything to do with Ryan Reynolds in the green suit. And then he plays Deadpool. Deadpool and it's, it's a hit. Nobody even really expected Deadpool to be a hit. They knew they wanted Deadpool to eventually be part of the crew. So they were like, here, let's just do this movie. And it was a hit. And it was a hit for several reasons. It was a hit because Deadpool is kind of snarky. He is kind of funny. He's a little crazy. <laughs> and he broke the barrier, right? Mm-hmm. He, in the middle of a scene, would turn to the camera and talk to us. And mm-hmm. people liked that. So this whole thing about how many people will an actor play, they will play as many superhero characters as they need to until they find one that is the hit. But the cool thing about comic book movie people is their willingness to accept change Hmm. we will do reboots we're cool with that if you want to keep making the fantastic four until you find a formula that works we're cool (laughs) you know what i mean yeah but i'm fascinated by the fact that we're not sick of batman 
as like a character that we have seen 90 different Batmans. It was uh, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Batman? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're missing somebody. I mean, Adam West, but. Yeah, but comic book fans will contend that the TV version of Batman should not be talked about in the same breath. I feel like that's the only version of Batman we should discuss. That's why I'm not in these fandom right? circles. Right? <laughs> because they don't I mean, want me involved. No, they don't. no, but you'd be comic relief. Because they'd be like, what? No, not here. Not in this room. Get out. Yes. In terms of saturation, do you see a future saturation point? The thing about superhero movies is people might get tired of Tony Stark or Iron Man. People might get tired of Captain America. But all the studios have to do is reach back and get another hero. And really, they're doing that. Even though Marvel's a little slow on the uptake. Now we're going to move into the realm of the female superheroes just for this example. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, where's Black Widow's movie? And who doesn't think that that character is such an important part of the Avengers team? Mm-hmm that she didn't garner her own story. DC was like, we're not really sure what y'all doing, but we're going to move forward with Wonder Woman, right? And then they were like, well, let's see what happens. Will people actually go see Wonder Woman? Because I think they feel fine reaching and getting a new character and putting it on the screen to see if we'll bite. Mm -hmm. But whether or not we would bite at a female superhero, whether or not we're going to bite at a superhero of color, they don't know. Mm -hmm. We moviegoers are willing to see if they can keep it up, if they can truly interpret that character that we've been reading about for years on the screen. So they gave Wonder Woman her movie. Now we're ready. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit of, let's see how well you can do this movie. Because technologically, Hollywood finally caught up, right? And Mm -hmm. all the fantastical things that happen in the comic books that we played out in our heads they're able to put on screen bigger, better, louder, brighter. So, yeah, that's part of it, too. Pop the Question is brought to you by Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University. Pannoni Honors College is invested in undergraduate research, scholar development, and interdisciplinary scholarship. With students from various backgrounds and academic fields of study, the Honors College engages its community in complex ideas. Info at drexel.edu slash Pannoni. That's P-E-N-N-O-N-I. Pannoni Honors College, a place for active learning, high achievement, and community. You are financially minded. Is this a sound plan for studios to bank on for these films? So I usually don't care how much the film (laughs) makes. I just want to go see the film, right? Yeah. For this discussion, I decided, you know, let let me look at the numbers to see just how crazy it is. Because that's what everybody talks about. Mm -hmm. The studios were like, we don't want to do superhero movies. And then we did a superhero movie and people went to see it and they went, oh, wow, look at that. Look how lucrative that was, right? So The Avengers, the first movie, Mm -hmm. it cost $220 million to make. Right. Opening weekend, mm-hmm. it made two hundred and seven million. Is that domestically, internationally, worldwide, right? Okay. And then worldwide since then, one point five billion. 
that's a nice return. I'm not good at numbers, so that's good. That's a lot. Okay, that's good. Okay. That says let's make more. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's kind of sad for a, a moviegoer like me because I don't want the studios to sacrifice the quality of the film just because mm-hmm. they know that as soon as we know it's coming out, we're going to run to go see it. And many you of don't want to be will. thought of as a dupe. Exactly. Like, don't take advantage of my love for the genre, but put out trash. Mm-hmm. But financially, I am not nervous about saturation or uh, audience fatigue. Because I think I've experienced it too. I think audience fatigue happens in between the movies. Mm-hmm. Right? Because in between the movies, we have the publicity push, the advertising, the fatigue... Is just how much we talk about the films even before they come out. Well, and already invest in it before they come out. Already. Like it's not like oh, Good I'm going to bad. this. I'm going to see this film. I loved it so much. I'm gonna buy everything. Right. It's like I've invested at the teaser trailer that was yes. shown four years ago. Yes. Here are all these cast people mm-hmm. who. I like and enjoy and I get excited about, oh, who's the filmmaker? That's really great. So it feels like you have been producing this film right? yourself. You, you, you've been living with this film and the film is not out yet. How long did we live with two photos of Ben Affleck in the Batman costume looking sad, like somebody stepped on his pinky toe, right? And everybody was like, sad Batman. That was everywhere. I was like, I am not going to see that movie because I'm so tired of sad Batman. <laughs> And now I have to apologize to everyone because I think he's a great Batman. All right, you got me. You did it. Wonder Woman. I was kind of like, I don't know. I'm a child of Linda Carter, and that was Wonder Woman for me. And, you know, she spins around. And Wonder then there's Woman. the person playing. Right. Yeah. And then I loved it, though. Gal, what's her name? Godot? Godot, yeah. Yeah, she did great. She did awesome. She was the proper amount of... Beautiful, sexy, strong, but opening weekend, Wonder Woman did 103.1 million and that and, and did better after the opening weekend because you had people come out of the theater going, that was hot, go see it. Yeah. You know, we got the stamp of approval from both comic book heads and superhero movie lovers, and then more people went to see it. Mm-hmm. So in the end, the movie did great. And the movie studios were like, wow, they'll watch a girl. That's awesome. Right. right? And we're going to find out if folks are going to go watch black people. Because <laughs> it's not a lot of white people in Wakanda. But the thing is, I think the difference between Black Panther and Wonder Woman is that since Wonder Woman, the TV show, there's been a real struggle for Wonder Woman to be represented at all. Big ups to DC for chancing a female superhero lead. Now Marvel will do it because they see that DC had success. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's going to be Black Widow, though. I don't know that it's going to be Black Widow. But we'll see what happens. Now, the formula I think that both studios do really well mm-hmm. is that they introduce the character to see how we as the audience will respond. We responded really well to Wonder Woman in the Batman versus Superman movie. Mm-hmm. I think Black Panther played really well in the Captain America Civil War. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you have any final words about universes, superheroes? I have a question for you. Oh, no. 
With what you know of superheroes, Mm -hmm. if you could be one, which superhero would you like to be? I mean, I can't be Wonder Woman because I'm an I'm not an Amazon. I'm too short. You can be whatever you want to be. I kind of like the idea of Black Widow who doesn't really have powers but gets stuff done. And I like the concept of Hulk. I like the idea of of him as a character, as like somebody who is like earnestly trying to do something and then just gets so mad that he can't help but turn into a monster. From what I know of superheroes, yeah, I would want to be somebody who doesn't have powers but is ingenious. So maybe like, oh, maybe Catwoman too. But she's not a superhero, she's a super villain. Unless you watch Holly Berry's Catwoman, is she more... Kind of a superhero. So do we not? Do we need to mention Catwoman? No, we can mention Catwoman because it was awesome. It was awesome for a bunch of different reasons. Like it was an attempt. If somebody has to be Catwoman after Eartha Kitt can no longer it should be play, then why not Halle Berry? Right. And that's only because she's dead. Because, because Eartha Kitt at eighty two could have been you. an amazing Catwoman. I wish you that could have been fine with me. Yeah, Santa Baby, mention. Batman Baby. It would have. <laughs> The soundtrack would have written itself. She would have danced her way. It would have been amazing. It would have done wonders for senior citizens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who would you want to be? I would like to be a member of the Dora Milaje. The Dora Milaje are the lethal bodyguards for the king of Wakanda. Okay, so for Black Panther. I'm already in, yeah. So historically... The only way his father could think of to maintain peace between the tribes was to have each tribe send their most powerful woman as a potential bride for the king. So each tribe felt vested because their daughter Mm -hmm. could be the queen. So all these women come to Wakanda and they are trained in the martial arts. Right. Mm -hmm. They are trained in the weaponry of Wakanda and it is their job to protect the king. Move, or you will be moved. I don't know which one of them I want to be. I don't need to be the star. I just want to be one of them. Because <laughs> if they do it right, if they do just half of it, as it's described in the Black Panther comic books, they're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to be awesome. The question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis. Our audio engineering and theme was produced by Brian Kantorik. All of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy Zellinger, the deanship of Dr. Paul Morans Cohen, and the Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University.